Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Oh. I think he found some holiday cookies to eat. And running the boards is Joey D's. Hey. Hi. On today's show, I will talk with Gareth and give out his holiday gift guide. We will talk about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Not the one today, the one last week. So I guess it's not the latest one. I'm a liar. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Get our blogs, buckets, and more. more. But I mean, <laughs> Facebook works too. Twitter, yep. Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes. Just type in BJ Shays Geek Nation, BJ Geek Nation. You'll find us. I'm always posting on the Facebooks. Absolutely. Lots of great ways to interact with us and uh, a lot of fun going on out there. And I mean, it's coming up. The holidays are here. Uh, you might need to do some shopping for maybe yourself or other people. Lots of tech, lots of gear, games, movies, television shows, and so much more. And with me right now to break down some of the cooler stuff that is on his own holiday gift guide is Gareth with Skewed and Reviewed. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. And Gareth, this will be the last time that we talk until the next year. So I figured it'd be a good time to uh, talk about the gifts that people can get for the holidays absolutely and there are a lot of choices this year especially with uh people in many areas being uh sequestered again even yeah. more so than usual <laughs> uh stores at reduced capacity and of course volume uh as we talked last week with the graphic cards being uh very thin unless you're willing to pay Oof. grossly inflated prices so uh, a lot of people are going online a lot of people are shopping and a lot of options Yes, and you can check out the full gift guide if you go to SKNR.net or just search for Skewed and Reviewed. And I was looking at some of those, and I was really kind of interested in the Rocat headphones and the keyboard. Um, do Now, something like that, if it comes from the same manufacturer, does it tend to have a better compatibility, or is that just like a non-factor nowadays? I've generally found it's a non-factor as long as the drivers are very good. I mean, for the longest time, I would... Um I had mixed product. I had, you know, my keyboard from one company. I had uh, the mouse and the headphones uh, were the same company. But sometimes I've had all the same company. Sometimes I've had mix and match. And I've always found that it's down to the product. If the product's a good product, uh, you know, you don't have an issue. And so I think that's the key. Now, naturally, if they are all from the same, you have some people will say, well, you have even less chance for an issue. And, you know, it, it all comes down to personal taste. Like one of my things is I'm not very big on setting up custom configurations for the keyboard mm -hmm. and for the mics. My attitude is I don't want all these different flip a button, move to this profile. I like to go into the game, set my control system up that way, configure it to the mouse and go from there. The game remembers that I don't need the hardware to remember it. Uh, but that's just me. I know some people absolutely love that. I, you know, me, it's, um, pick my color scheme and off I go. I, you know, I don't <laughs> have the, uh, and so one of the great things about, uh, Rocat's line is that the ELO headsets, for example, they come in both a wired and a wireless version. You can get the wireless one for 99 bucks. You can get the Ooh. wired one for $69. And the company was acquired by Turtle Beach. But so it's obviously through their website, that sort of thing, or at various retailers. But 
this is a German company. These are really high-quality things. We've met with them at E3, that sort of thing. And the nice thing about them is you get really good sound, really good performance, very durable at a really good price. And what I liked, too, when you get to the keyboards is they have the TKL um, Vulcans and uh, different lines. So you have one that's like mechanical. You have one that's more of a traditional. And they're very nice, very sleek. And the great thing about them is they have the solid base underneath the keys. So you can't get your junk down into the keyboard where you have to pop the keys out. You can literally go in with a Q-tip or something underneath the, uh, you know, between the key, the base and the keyboard, clean it all out, keep it simple. Now, my wife loves it because my prior one, the mechanical one, was very loud. And with all the working at home, yeah. where our desks are right next to each other. This one gives you the tactile feel of it, the performance, the response, but you don't hear click, 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 and it's <laughs> it's really nice. I've had, a, like, a rep at Turtle Beach, when they first told us it was coming, he told us it was the best keyboard he'd ever used. And Whoa. the nice thing about them is you're looking at about $120 and under. Uh, so 100 120 bucks, depending on where you go, you can get yourself a really nice keyboard, and it lights up. And honestly, the only problem I've had with it, I did have a bit of an issue with getting the driver installed um you know it was conking out on me and i had to keep just continue 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 once you got it in it's run absolutely fine uh works great for the desktop great for my typing and it's worked really well with the games and they also have something they pair it with there's a burst pro mouse which is a new um mouse they have and the thing that's nice about this is you can light it up you can do your customizations um, works great for all your desktop, really designed for gaming, works well for that. Fifty nine ninety nine is its suggested retail and that's a really good price. So you're looking at it if you you know, if you shop properly, two hundred, two hundred and twenty five bucks, you're getting a headphone, uh, a keyboard and a mouse. That's a pretty good stuff, and all that's from Rocat, and you can all check that out at sknr.net. Now, on to game controllers, because sometimes you need a new controller for whatever console you have, but a lot of the times you also need them for your PCs, and I want to know a little bit about the company Evil Controllers, because their stuff looks really cool, man. Oh, they're, they're great, and it's an interesting story. The guy founded the company in his room working while he was studying at the University of Arizona. And they have uh, their offices in Tempe. We've gone in there a few times, seen how they make the things. And what they do is they have, uh, you know, PS4, PS5 stuff coming, Xbox, X, the new series. You know, back in the day, they had PS3 stuff. They had stuff for the uh, Wii's, that sort of thing. And they have all sorts of controllers from basic modded ones that, that you know, you can get a basic one for about $69. You can get these, some that go just, full bells and whistles, pro gamer, everything you can imagine that can run like 500 and something dollars. Oh, and they have all these custom themes. Um, they do things like, for example, I remember one where they had fired shell backings as the D-pad Ooh. controllers on it. And they had like various themed ones that were in the theme of Marvel. They weren't official Marvel, but they were themed like it so you had like a joker colored controller um <laughs> they have uh, this new galaxy line that's got everything and it's really cool because there are some like if you want to have the bumper uh triggers underneath on the bottom side of the grip 
They have those if you want the, you know, variable joysticks where you can pop the joysticks off and change their height level. So maybe one's higher than the other or two of them are high, that sort of thing, depending on how you like it. You can set up rapid fires. And that's what's so beautiful about it is that they give you the flexibility to say, let's concentrate on what you want your thing to do. And then let's look at the price range you're willing to go. Then you can decide, okay, now which of these models do you want? What color schemes do you want? That sort of thing. And that's That's, beautiful uh, for a lot of people. Because, I mean, you know, you sit there and I look at it, the the one, and I was like, wow, he told me this thing's going to be $549. And you're like, that's like almost as much more than buying the console. Uh, then Then you look at it and you're like, Okay, you know, if I was a pro gamer on tour, yes, and I wanted, really good I wanted something where you know, literally, millisecond reaction time could make the difference between winning or losing a tournament, and I can customize this thing exactly to my, you know, specifications. Then may you know you got something, but if you're like you and I, and me or many of the listeners, and you say, hey, you know what, I just want a controller. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah then they have, you know, $69 options for you. And that's pretty awesome just if you think about it in the terms of like, hey, yeah, like I can figure out what exactly I want. But on that same note, if maybe uh, you're buying it for somebody else, you can be like, well, here's the deal. For Christmas or whatever holiday, you're going to be getting a box with a picture of it on there. And it's like, hey, let's go to the site together, figure out exactly what you want and find the perfect controller for you, which is fantastic. Exactly. And the, the look is cool. That's what's so mm-hmm. nice about them. I mean, you just, oh, this one's camouflage. This one's textured. And, you know, oh, this one kind of blends into this game. And I like that. This one's kind of got a Call of Duty style to it. And there you go. <laughs> now we're talking hardware, and we also need to talk about sound. And this was an interesting one that I saw. You're going to have to explain it a little bit to me because I saw the Creative Pebble, and I was very intrigued because it looks like just like a Bluetooth speaker, but I, I have a feeling that it's not. Okay, yeah. (laughs) This is is an interesting product here. Now, uh, I think, obviously, people need to know that Creative are the folks who do the sound cards. Back in the day, before the sound chip was built into your motherboard, people used to have to go out and buy a sound card. Now they have some for that. They have some for external, for people that want, you know, a higher range than comes on the chip. From that, of course, they went to the headphones. And you may remember... Uh, it seems like so long ago, but a couple CESs back, I mentioned the headphones they had that you went through an app on a dongle, and it made it sound like the sound was coming from all around you instead oh, of inside your yeah. headphones. And that was really cool. So they also, obviously, it's an audio company. Now, they have this product. You can get them. Uh, there's like a, one with a little additional part for about $89. They have a V2 model for 59 99. But what these are, are two dome speakers. Now, you can plug them in with an adapter through a standard USB connection or their 5.0 Bluetooth. And so, essentially, they're really nice speakers, but they give you this, like, uh, enhanced sound. So, to give you an example, they're 50% louder uh, than a traditional speaker system that you might get. Obviously, you can adjust the volume, but, you know, you always hear these people saying, Wow, that's as loud as it gets. Yeah. Well, that's not that's not an option for these. That's not a concern. And so this is the kind of thing that if you want to pair it up to your Bluetooth device. So, for example, people working at home, 
you say, oh, I'm going to watch a movie on my laptop. My laptop's not loud enough. Pair it up, USB, crank them there, watch your movie. Want to watch them over my tablet, want to watch them over my phone, same problem. Boom, hook it up that way. Um, You know, go from there. People who have the Wi-Fi setups, uh, excuse me, the Bluetooth setups on their computer, that sort of thing. There you go. You can go ahead and plug in the speakers without having to dig around behind your computer <laughs> and play that little game or, you know, right. oh, all my USB slots are full. What am I going to do? And those are options for you. So it's a really high quality sound uh, speakers that obviously you can fit each one in the palm of your hand. So, um, you know, not cumbersome at all. You can travel with them. You can yeah. go where you need to go. And they're easy to set up, and they sound fantastic. Oh, that sounds amazing. I love that. Now, moving on from the hardware stuff, let's talk about a little bit of uh, the things that you can do with all of that fun stuff, and including, actually, and I thought this was great, you put on the gift guide the Bugs Bunny Collection, and I have a feeling that a lot of people are really leaning on the nostalgia nowadays, and I feel that this is one of those perfect examples. Oh, absolutely. And see, one of the great things, too, is not uncommon at this time of year, you get the box sets on CD, Blu-ray, ultra high definition. We've already had the ultra high definition Game of Thrones set come out a few weeks ago. We've had the complete series of the original Flintstones come out. And now we have the Bugs Bunny 80th anniversary collection. So essentially, these are remastered versions of essentially classic episodes from the last 80 years. Uh, there are some other things, you know, I don't want to re- spoil it per se, but there's a lot of the episodes, a lot of the shorts, the stuff that we all grew up watching and reruns having no idea, kind of like classic Tom and Jerry when they used to chase each other around with axes. We had no <laughs> idea those things were actually done in the 40s. <laughs> so, yeah, right. You know, these are the things that you grew up watching and they've been remastered. They've been enhanced and they're all in one collection. You can actually get a collectible figure with it as well so it's a really nice bundle and uh, it's you know it's one of those things that fans will like it collectors will like it and if you have kids that are you know no bugs bunny but don't know the routine you know the history (laughs) time to teach them them. down there they go and they're going to be everyone's happy i love that and then finally this was an interesting bit of news because uh world of warcraft has been around for gosh forever and one of the big things right now is that a new expansion has dropped shadowlands and a lot of people are getting into it uh getting back into it especially now that you know you really can't go anywhere so something like this with a monthly subscription is kind of like one of the best ideas and they actually hit a massive milestone with shadowlands didn't they Absolutely. And see, this is so amazing because when it was getting close to its release date, you had a lot of people getting really snarky. Now, does anyone even play World of Warcraft anymore? Right. I stopped playing all these years ago. That, 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 you know, and all the nonsense that you hear. Yep. Well, remember, this is the perfect storm. We've got the holidays where people usually have a good chunk of time off anyway, and they want an escape from the family, let's be honest. And now <laughs> you don't really have the family over, at least you hope not. Yeah. And people have time to play, and they did 3.7 million units in one week, (sighs) which broke the record of Diablo 3, which was 3.5 million units. And Blizzard saying this is the best, fastest-selling piece of game in history and the fact that it hit so many uh, units that fast. So, you know, it's... 
pretty impressive. And I, you know, I know so many people. Um, I was getting ready to jump in and start playing it, but we had people who were much, much higher than my character and much further ahead. And I said, okay, you guys do it because I am going to have way too much catching up to do to, you know, <laughs> yeah. really do it justice. And they're just raving. Oh, you know, we got the old crew together. We hadn't played together, and I, you know, in a while. And people are telling me, "Oh, I love this so much more than the last expansion. This has got me, you know, re-energized and playing the franchise again. And we've got our clan, you know, all back together, and we're all back in there, and it's just like the old days." And uh, you know, and that's yeah. that's a good thing. Absolutely. That's a wonderful thing, especially with a game like that. I mean, it's an MMORPG, which means you get to play with people around the world. And you know what? To be perfectly honest, it's the social interaction where you can have a lot of fun doing it as well. It's uh, it's one of those games that it's going to be around forever. I really feel like that at this point in time. And the fact that it's still so massively popular and the fact that I didn't hear any uh, complaints about like servers having any issues. Blizzard's really kind of found what they need to do to be able to handle that many people trying to play the game so early. Exactly. And, you know, let's not forget, we don't know release dates, and they're famous for when it's done, it's done. But we got Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 coming. And, you know, people are sitting there saying, this is good. We all talked about that one BlizzCon a couple years ago where people weren't too thrilled about uh, the lack of stuff, and then the announcements came. We've talked about how they have the online one coming in February, people are excited. They want to see what's coming next. It's We know about these two projects. What else has Warcraft got down the line for us? And this shows the company very clearly there is still interest in this franchise, and I think it definitely will make them say, hey, you know what, maybe it is time for uh, you know, I, I think a sequel might be too much to ask for, but I definitely don't think this is going to be the end <laughs> of the expansions for it. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, we're just barely scratching the surface on all the stuff out there. You can find out more stuff, more hardware, software, fun stuff to uh, watch and uh, experience. You can go to SKNR.net. That is skewed and reviewed. Check out that 2020 gift guide. And, Gareth, until next year, man, uh, have fun, buddy. Yeah, you too, and take care now. Thank you so much, Gareth, and I'm really looking forward to maybe getting some fun uh, tech gear and stuff like that in the near future. So definitely check out uh, SKNR.net to find all of that. Now we need to talk about the Mandalorian episode. This is chapter 14, which was the tragedy, which... They packed a lot in a short amount of time with this one. I mean, I, I think I said that even last week with the last episode as well. Um, first off, I want to say um, it's really hard to be a person who has to be online mm-hmm. if you can't watch The Mandalorian at midnight on Friday. Because mm-hmm. I've had people, I actually literally unfriended someone who just mm-hmm. flat out put out X thing happened. And I was like, really? Nah, I can't deal with that. But even like being on Twitter and looking at trending topics, I knew what was going to happen in this episode uh, a couple of hours, probably five or six hours before I had a chance to even watch it. Which we- is, it's awesome because we wake up early for work. So yeah. people are watching it like two, three hours, you know, yeah. and, and so, then we wake up. And people are like, well, why haven't you seen it yet? It's like, because I was sleeping because I have to get up at three in the morning. Yeah, people, people are literally 
spoiling it to you in your Facebook Messenger while we're at work at like seven in the morning. Yeah, because they're watching it before they have to go to work. I know. It's just like, what the hell, guys? Can you just like, I don't know, pump the brakes a little bit on that? And I'm not blaming anyone out there in Geek Nation Lane because it wasn't people like that, but just looking at the trending topics and some of my friends saying, "Oh, couldn't you believe that this thing happened with this?" And I'm like. You can, like, knock it off now. Yeah. This is just as bad as it was during the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones. Where it really caught fire. And you couldn't, like, when it came down to it, at least at that point on Sundays, I could watch it at 6 p.m. Because I had the East Coast feed of HBO. So it wouldn't get spoiled for me. But I had to do that. And... I can't do that with this one, guys. No. So, for my own health on that. Um, but getting to the episode itself, uh, I I didn't expect it to happen as quickly as possible. But uh, we end up on the planet of Tython with uh, with uh, Papa and Baby Yoda, Mister <laughs> Mister Little Grogu, and uh, we get to it right right away. We see Slave One flying across the uh, the landscape, and all of a sudden, it's like. <gasps> If you know what Slave 1 means, you know that it's Boba Fett. Derp. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got Dad Bob, uh, Dad Bob Boba Fett. I love it. Time. Yeah. And um, it was It just it made was just Timothy great. Oliphant wearing it that much more scrawny. It's, it's true. Because, I mean, you get to see a little bit of the gut poking out from underneath the, uh, it's, it's, the armor, it's, it's but a, it makes sense, you know? It's a gut that we all appreciate. It's like the body of an actual fighter. Yeah. I'm. It's very, uh, what is it, uh, Hopper from Stranger Things, Dad Bod, and I am here for it. Exactly. I am a lover of the Dad Bod. So they end up going to this uh, ancient uh, Jedi temple site sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Baby Yoda Grogu is put onto it, and, and basically uh, the Mandalorian's like, yo, do something, do a thing, like poke with the stick and then everything starts going down big blue light hits up and he starts <laughs> meditating like a like a jedi like he even had like the like the finger and like the fingers mm-hmm. out like the the, the traditional meditation stances mm-hmm. and uh an impassable barrier so uh all this stuff is going down and the mando's like come on we got to go kid and it's not happening like the kid is communicating maybe with some jedi ghost or something we don't even know at this point <laughs> i saw the uh, i saw a meme someone did uh, cuz technically because i am not super well versed and like knowledgeable when it comes to star wars timelines and everything mm-hmm. so he is a child that escaped when anakin went and slaughtered all the kids right yeah, yeah, technically I, like around that time it was around that time and when i'm that basing happens. this off of memes okay <laughs> <laughs> because there's a meme where he's talking to anakin it's like you miss me bitch <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i think it's a kind of along those sort of same lines and i know mm-hmm. that uh I, I don't know necessarily if he was like in the younglings at that right, point but, but in that general yeah time. that's like when um rebels and uh uh uh, uh, geez, uh clone wars both of those animated series were happening mm-hmm. so it kind of ties along those same lines and that's at why this part, point one yeah. of the the first or second death star exploded um at this point in uh the mandalorian mm-hmm. uh the second death star has exploded okay so this is after return of the jedi okay so, so this, this is sometime is, afterwards look i mean he is 50 years old mm-hmm. so this could have happened forever ago exactly However long ago that was what 30 years ago 20 years ago yeah uh, it was kind of cool, too, because um, with Boba Fett, which shows up, um, we bring back a recurring character, Ming-Na Wen, as Fennec, mm-hmm. whom we last saw being shot in the gut, which she shows, oh, look, I got robot parts. It's one of those kind of interesting <laughs> things. Whenever somebody has something happen to them in the Star Wars world, there's a high likelihood that they'll come back with robot parts. I'm still waiting for Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> right? Come I on. Mean, 
we could see that. We don't know who he, uh, who Grogu was talking to, and we have to assume at this point it might be a a Force ghost, or it might just be a Jedi that's out there, and it might be making the call to some and of them. It might be some that we've never heard of, or only in like a comic or cartoon type canon, mm-hmm. or it could be. Who knows? Yes. Um, And uh, Fett, Boba Fett says he's been tracking the Mandalorian, whether or not that's a result of Moff Gideon doing so as well. We don't know really for sure. He explained that he's not there for Grogu, but he wants to get his Beskar armor back. And it was really neat just to see him. It's like after he was able Mm -hmm. to get it back and just being just... Just whipping so much butt. Like, oh, you're just, yeah. like, so happy to see all this stuff go down. And these uh, regiments of stormtroopers who showed up uh, really kind of got their uh, their asses handed to them. I know we say this all the time, but can we just give a massive shout-out to Giancarlo Esposito? Like, being mm-hmm. one of the most phenomenal villain actors, whether it's just his voice or him actually being the villain. Because he's also the voice of Lex Luthor in the Harley Quinn series. That's right, you mentioned that. And his voice is phenomenal. He's just, he has this such menacing presence Mm -hmm. but being so calm about it and we see that in the boys as well if you've seen the boys on amazon prime yes i think uh, mostly the second season we saw more i don't know how much he was in the first season but he is phenomenal and uh it was kind of interesting too because nobody like boba fett technically wasn't uh, a mandalorian and jango fett wasn't technically a mandalorian but they've kind of reworked the lore with that Mm -hmm. to fit into that because now at this point um uh uh, boba said to um jardin din uh that or din jardin that the armor was given to his father jango by his forebearers being the Mandalorian forebearers. So he's a foundling. Yeah, so he's a foundling, Just which like... means that he is a Mandalorian right. um, on that case. So they've kind of fixed that sort of little, I won't, I won't even call it a plot hole at this point, because mm-hmm. it really isn't. Um, but they were able they to kind of... that well. <laughs> yeah, they were able to fit that in there, and it kind of shows that they're respecting the old lore, the expanded universe a lot of the times, and also what has been happening even in the now canon um, that has been essentially what happens when they reworked everything for The Force Awakens and beyond. Um, so big things did happen because we do see uh, uh, Moff Gideon. He's up in his Star Destroyer, which nobody realized there were still Star Destroyers out there. Mm-hmm. No, guess what? There he is. And, and you've got little... Little baby Yoda with little handcuffs. Yep, they uh, they ended up <laughs> absconding with the child, with Grogu, and uh, blowing up uh, the Mandalorian ship like an epic did fashion. Did it have a name? It did, and I can't remember of it. Remember it because well, it was just a hunk of junk. It was, and it kind of it needed this to happen. Like this is the only way you're going to be able to get something a lot better is absolutely decimating what was going on Which, with it. It's funny because like, I actually have a meme about his ship. It's something that somebody pointed out, and I really loved it. It's like, I love Mando's vibe. So imagine some guy rolling up to your shop in a beat-up Honda Civic. He steps out wearing an Armani suit. He opens up his wallet and offers you $2 to fix his car. <laughs> you tell him it isn't enough, but you'll fix it. And if he does the most dangerous thing you can think of, he brings his toddler to do the job. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it was called, I'm picturing the Honda Civic. <laughs> it's the, it's a razor, the Razor Crest okay. is the name of it. I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was it was an interesting spot to put because... What happened was Boba and Fennec are now like, well, we got the armor back and we said we would protect the child. We have not succeeded in this quest, so now we're going to run with you. And it seems for the last two episodes that what we're going to be getting is a lot what we got in the first uh, season finale. Anyone that he's kind of come in contact with is going to have to help him out Mm -hmm. in order to make this happen. So we've got two episodes left. 
Oh, it's uh, it's going to be a big one. It's something interesting. Speaking of memes, I found another one that I've been saving here because I thought it was a really interesting point that I never really thought of. Like, we notice it, but we don't think about it. This person says, you know, I found something really refreshing about the Mandalorian's character for a while, after, for a while and I just couldn't put my finger on what it was. But I just realized what I like is that he so readily accepts help. It seems like such a small thing, but so many male characters of a similar role are almost always broody and rude. I work alone. I don't need anyone's help types. And we've seen that so many times. And yeah, there are some great iconic characters who are like that or started out that way. However, honestly, for the new characters, it's gotten boring. But the Mandalorian isn't that. He accepts help from, um, I can't say his name, Quill. The, from the first episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Queel. Uh, not once, but multiple times without any beating around the bush for sev- several minutes about how he can get by on his own. <laughs> when he realizes he's outnumbered, he's the only, he's the one who offers IG-11 that they work together and split the reward, which is, I think at that point he... Yeah, that's something he that he hates droids. Yeah, he would have never done, but he, he has... He knows. There's, there's expansion on the character. And when Quill finishes helping him repair his ship, he offers him multiple forms of thanks to express his gratitude. Yeah, he's a bounty hunter. Yeah, he primarily looks out for himself. And yeah, he kills people. It's in the job description, but it's part of the Star Wars universe, but he's not an a-hole, and I think that's nice. (laughs) It is. It's nice. I really enjoy this episode, and I cannot wait until uh, we get to the next two. The one that's right out right now, and then one more, and then we're done. I think so. Anyway, we'll be able to talk about that in the next year. Uh, Spectacular! Exactly. We're going to do a spectacular, but right now it is time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what is going on? In my brain. Actually, more Mandalorian stuff. Okay, okay, good, good, good. It has nothing to do with the last episode, but I thought this was adorable. So one of my favorite things is finding out when celebrities have, like, celebrity, not crushes, but... Just like when you freak out. When they fan when they fanboy or fangirl okay. over another celebrity, especially when you think of I love it when like serious actors fan fanboy or fangirl over like comedic actors, because in some weird way you think of them as like more poised and Yeah. More, like, yeah, I especially would, if they the, the fancier the stuff they do, yes. you're like, you probably don't have a sense of humor at all, which isn't fair to them. Right. It's just that's <laughs> the vibe, the characters they get. And I feel like Pedro Pascal has to be a goofy guy. Like I don't know. I just have a feeling based on pictures and interviews and stuff. Yeah. But apparently one of his favorite things about being in the Mandalorian has absolutely nothing to do with Star Wars. Oh really? It is about an actress who has appeared on the show. Okay. And he said in an interview with EW that uh, he uh, followed Amy Sedaris around like a puppy. <laughs> I was like, hey, again, I'm not leaving your side until you rap. And she's like, okay, cool. He's like, I love the child and it's really adorable and it's fascinating to see it work. But someone who makes you spit laugh right into your helmet will always be my favorite thing. <laughs> and I love her. <laughs> spit laugh into your, uh, into your helmet. That's amazing. And if you're wondering what other stuff you may have seen her in, she did the voice, uh, uh, a voice in BoJack Horseman. She was the cat. I'm blanking on the cat's name. Miss Princess something. <laughs> something princess. Sorry. I'm Wasn't blanking. she in like Strangers with Candy back in yep. the day? Strangers okay, yeah. Strangers with Candies. I know she was in an episode of Raising Hope, which was one of the first things I ever saw her in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, just, I love that she's not afraid to make fun of herself. No, no. And she's she's so funny and her timing is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little uh, off here though. Uh, who is she playing the Mandalorian? She was the mechanic 
who with uh, all the, the droids. Yeah, with the oh. droids who helped uh, helped him get his stuff over on Tatooine. Got She's it. the one that introduced him to the frog lady. Yeah. Oh, she. Okay, yeah. that's right. She was yeah. back in the season Sedaris. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's been uh, she's been in this last season, but also first introduced in the first season when they were on Tatooine. But I, I like like. Y- she looks so not like herself, but still is herself. Like I think, because they removed her eyebrows for this role. Mm. Like obviously, I don't think they shaved them. They just kind of probably makeup, hey, makeup over can you, it. Can you see? G- oh yeah, makeup makes sense. I was like, would you see GI out eyebrows? No, just makeup. I think. No, I think I, I've seen a lot of makeup <laughs> tutorials, and it does involve, like, especially with drag queens, you have to like glue, like get a glue stick and glue your uh, your current eyebrows like all the way like thin to your face, and then just pile on the makeup. Wow. So it's she's really working for it. <laughs> but I think it's cute because you think of Pedro Pascal using Game of Thrones, he was in Narcos, yes. and now he's, you know, the Mandalorian. And obviously, like, and you like, see those, like, and if you, I've watched Narcos, and I've, you know, obviously with Game of Thrones, those, his roles in that were super serious. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even with the Mandalorian, I mean, he kind of, as, as you know, Mando dad, he's got to kind of be, play the straight character when it comes down to all this and deal with all the hijinks of everybody else. Although his comedic moments... Like are very well timed. Yes, like, I really absolutely. love his comedic moments. Yeah, a lot of fun with that. And you know what? I'm super, super stoked for the Mandalorian to finish up. Unfortunately, we won't be able to talk about the last couple of episodes until the next year. We've got a couple more episodes of Geek Nation this year, but we won't be hitting uh, the big stuff until uh, after the new year. Are we going to do a Mando season two spectacular? I think we're going to have to yeah. once that all comes back. So you guys make sure you catch up. You watch all of it. Give us your input about mm-hmm. what you think about this season of the Mandalorian for next year. And until next time, stay nerdy.